Film Rush, everybody. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing really well. Uh, as you can see, this is a slightly different episode than usual, but we didn't want to leave y'all hanging for a week. Uh, so we're here to talk about... Hey, Logan, Logan, remind me. What are we here to talk about? I forgot. Well, we don't want to leave people hanging for a week because we've been kanging for the past week. So <laughs> I got jokes. <laughs> the jokes are flying already. This is what the humor you come Loki here for. Loki episode six yeah, and the series overall. Yeah, so a Loki episode 6 happened, we all watched it, we all absorbed it, but allow that to serve as your spoiler warning. If you are a fan of Film Rush and logging into this episode uh, as your usual tradition, thank you. But if you haven't watched Loki in its entirety and you don't want to get spoilers, spoiler warning. We're, we're just going to talk about the whole show, assuming that everyone has seen it. So go ahead and watch it or finish it when you get the chance and then come back and uh, hit the like button if you come back. We'd really enjoy that. But otherwise... We'll get into it. So, Logan, let's start with you and your initial response to the entirety of the show in the context now of having seen this season's finale. All right, cool. What, what so, overview, kind of high level, without diving into the deep spoilers of the last episode yet. Uh, we're going to withhold on that for a few moments because the show withheld. Um uh, I really, really liked it. Of the three shows, I think I like it the most. I have not rewatched Same. any of them yet. Like, I haven't gone back through WandaVision or back through Falcon. I have not gone back through Loki. Um, but just after first blush, you know, binging it every single... Not binging it, but watching it every single week. I think Loki is my favorite. Um, I, I don't think it's, like, the best, most perfect show I've ever seen. Um, I, yeah, of course not. Yeah. My, my The things that I like about it, like, I love Loki, and I love Sylvie. Like, there's just something about their characters, the um, the mischievous kind of devilishness, uh, sexiness to their characters that I really, really enjoy. Uh, the uh, the TVA is awesome. Miss Minutes, you know, just the, the whole, like, what is going on, the layers of mystery, and all of the nods... Um, and references that that litter the show uh, that just remind me how much I don't know about Marvel Comics. And I'm always <laughs> amazed by how much people on online seem to know and point all these things out. And like, yeah, I can see what the Thanos copter is. Like, I see a copter with Thanos. I'm like, I remember that. Like, I know about that. But that's like one thing I get compared to the 10 things that I don't get in each episode. Um, so this is this has been one of those shows that like I've kind of... Uh, gotten back in love with like the speculation and like what could happen next because there there wasn't a whole lot of that with falcon and the winter soldier yeah there was a lot of that with wandavision but it didn't pay off for me uh whereas this show it it, it made me spend every night of my week falling asleep and wondering what would happen next and then in that last episode it gave me a big punch so yeah i was pleased with it literally the only thing that i'm like i'm, I'm still kind of sitting here scratching my forehead like how did they not do this uh I still don't know a damn thing about Sylvie and her background and like her family. Like, where did she yeah. come from? Who is she? Like, I got absolutely nothing from that. And I really thought that on. Well, it turns out it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I just saw an article. I didn't read the entirety of it, but apparently the I think it was maybe the writer for Sylvie or one of the creative minds behind the show wanted to show more. But he was told no. That's interesting. Because they want to hold that on for later so that 
that kind of causes me to speculate as to whether or not she actually is a Loki or whether she is like the Enchantress, because the comparisons to the Enchantress are endless yeah. for her. And it, it's, it would totally be like them to be like, well, she's been told she's a Loki or she's telling us that she's a Loki, but she's really not. Um, so that that was the only thing where I was like on the uh, uh, what was episode three? The Lamentus is, is Lamentus the right word? I think yeah. so. Um, Lamentus. That was the episode where I was like, OK, we're going to find out, you know, like who is her Thor? Like, does she have a, a brother named Thor or is it a sister a named sister. Yeah. Thor, Thoris or something? You know, like, I don't like tell me tell me more. Thor, yeah. Um, <laughs> it it kind of seems like she didn't grow up as a princess. And like the scene where she's playing it didn't seem like she did anything to cause a Nexus event. She was just playing with toys. So like what was going on there? Um, so there's, there's a lot of mystery around the Sylvie character that I thought we would get some more backstory on and we didn't. So that's really my only criticism. And it's, it's it may not be fair because we may get it in the future. It, it seems like it's an intentional withhold, but that was the only thing for me that it's like, when you talk about a character journey, I, I didn't get, a lot of depth with her, even though I loved her, mm -hmm. um, I didn't get it enough. So that's it for me. They what, also, let me pass it over to you. Okay. Yeah. Just to, just to follow up on that. They also, uh, wanted to focus more on Loki. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I read, I read dabbling more. Uh, they said like, yeah, Sylvie is important obviously, but they, they're like, we named the show Loki. So whatever time that we devote to her, if, if it cuts into his, we don't really, we're not really interested in that yet. I, yeah, I agree, though. Yeah, I wanted to know if... Because we learned those variants in the episode before the last one, uh, Journey into the Mystery, or... Yeah, I think it was Journey into the Mystery. That, like, the kid's like, I killed Thor. Like, I killed sure. my brother. Uh, we learned about the resolution of Thor in the other Lokis, but not Sylvie. And so, yes, like, we get more information on them than... We, we get more backstory on uh, classic Loki and yeah. everything than we do on Sylvie. So, yes. it, it definitely has to be a direct choice... Whether or not there will be a satisfying payoff for such a delay in a plot point or a character point, I'm, I'm not sure. But obviously, we know season two is coming. Um, but yeah, the, I agree. This is my favorite show experience out of the three Marvel shows we've gotten. Uh, WandaVision was fun, but I don't think it's initial episodes unless you have a pre-established nostalgia for what those shows, what that show is parodying with like the old Isle of Lucy uh and the brady bunch and those shows that it's referencing there's not a ton of rewatchability for me in those like first three episodes i get real bored real quick because uh, i know the answer to the mystery which is what held me in the first place I, I know the answer to all of it but i don't think that's a problem with loki i don't think knowing what the final episode results in will hurt my rewatching of the show because i think i'll get more from the environment because uh, this feels more like a marvel property to me than the other two did a lot of people like to say that, like, WandaVision is the Twilight Zone, and uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier is just Marvel again. And I was like, eh. in a lot of ways, I agree. It's kind of playing on the whole uh, Falcon, the the Winter Soldier motif, and it just feels like another Marvel movie. But I, I kind of appreciate it for that. You got to have some of that in the middle here. But Loki is what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted to be, explaining the background of the universe and why events are happening for the wider movies, a vis-a-vis Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Um, while agents of shield was like trying to kind of play in the background of the main movies initially. And that was kind of, in my opinion, a failed experiment. I think Loki will succeed where agents of shield is going to fail. 
so that's going to be awesome. And obviously, yeah, the cast all did a bang-up job. We haven't gotten our Mobius on a jet ski payoff yet, but we may still. Uh, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston were electric with each other. It was weird how well their chemistry just clicked immediately. Uh, but, I mean, they both are eccentric and charismatic people. Uh, I do not remember who, what the name of the actor is who plays Sylvie. I feel bad. Oh, no, uh, I don't know her by name either. But she did wonderful. Loved her performance. Like, she needs to be yeah. big. Like, I want to see her in, in all kinds of stuff now. Like, throw throw her as a... Sophia DiMartino. Yes, that's right. Sophia I, I think she would be wonderful in, like, put her in a Bond movie or put her in a Mission Impossible movie or something like that. I, yeah. I think she would rock it as something... Um, you know, hell, you can make her a incredible, you know, uh, I say Sith Lord in Star Wars. I don't know if Star Wars cares about the Sith anymore with their new movies, but yeah, you know, I, I, but she, yeah, she would be a great, something like that would be uh, a lot of fun character in that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. No, that I think everyone did a bang up job, uh, including, you know, some of our villains, uh, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce her name. I apologize. Uh, uh, Juju Mbatha Raw. I can't remember. I don't know how to play it, pronounce her name. She plays Ravona Renslayer. Oh, right. Yes, I don't know how to pronounce her uh, name. Either. Apologies, uh, but you did an awesome job. Wonmi Masaku uh, played Hunter B fifteen. Her scene with Sylvie in the rain uh, when she's like, "What the? What'd you do with my brain? I saw things." Uh, solid scene. Just like a little little bit right there. Put that in your reel, and uh, you'll get work <laughs> for sure. Uh, I was a little disappointed with Miss Minutes. We'll get into that a little bit more when we get into the final episode. Uh, but Tara Strong did a great job with Miss Minutes. Tara Strong is a very talented uh, Harley Quinn and everything else she does. But to me, she's Harley Quinn. So yeah, that great show. Honestly, I will rewatch it. I kind of wish we had gotten more of President Loki. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we didn't have yeah. room. Uh, episode five could have spanned three episodes for me. Um, yeah, honestly, episode five could have been a whole season. Yeah. Like, if we're talking <laughs> a CW show, each of these episodes is a whole season of a CW sure, show. Sure, of course. I'm yeah. not even joking. If you've watched the 100, you know I'm right. Right. <laughs> so. That's uh, it's just interesting that Marvel clips through it so fast when you could really just stretch this out if you wanted to. Uh, we couldn't even see the final episode until we're like season seven. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that being said, it did feel too short at the same time. And I, I I've been thinking about that a lot because I thought WandaVision could have used a couple more episodes. I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier like. For its story, it almost felt too long, even though it was shorter than... Yeah. And Loki with six episodes, it was like, ah, yes, I completely agree with you. Like, it felt like they could have stretched some of these out a little bit more. Like, maybe maybe the episodes needed to be an hour, hour 15, instead of uh, more episodes. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what the solution is there, but... I do prefer the storytelling method over the previous Marvel shows, like with uh, Daredevil or Jessica Jones or The Punisher, because those those are 13 episode shows. And sometimes they feel like three movies smashed together that don't always fit. Yeah, because like you have your first villain in the first five episodes and then another villain in the middle four episodes and then everything comes together at the end for the final three or four episodes. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot to get through. You kind of get exhausted by the time you get to the end and you don't you don't care anymore. But with this show, with like these three shows, 
well, WandaVision and Loki specifically, they withheld so well that by the time you get to the end, they basically just try to feed you everything in the last two episodes and it leaves you wanting more, which is a good thing, but it also does feel a tad unsatisfying. It's kind of like when you go to one of those yeah. fancy restaurants and the food may taste better, but you get half as much food as you would at a lower quality restaurant, so you're still hungry afterwards. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, a $40 steak is great, but it, it was only seven ounces, and I'm used to eating 10 or 12. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I think it was a finer meal, but it was also a smaller meal, so I'm still hungry for more. Um, but I'm encouraged to know there's a Loki season two. I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm also not encouraged the showrunners not been asked to return. That seems weird to me. Uh, well, it may be, too, that they're withholding plans on what season two actually will be until multiverse comes out. Oh, for sure. Uh, Doctor Strange, I mean. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. uh, it may be that Tom Hiddleston is in Doctor Strange, uh, this new one, because obviously his show is going to play a big role yes. in the plot of Doctor Strange. I'm not sure, though. Yet, if Tom Hiddleston will make an appearance as Loki, there's speculation right now. But I, yeah, I think it could be that they're just waiting to confirm people like show writer, directors, and such before they, they move forward with other creative projects and then bring Loki back. Because we may not see season two of Loki till like 2023, 2024, maybe. Like, it depends on how fast they get production going, filming. And then you edit, and then you release, and then what are you releasing it around? What what plot point are you serving? So I don't know how long they have to wait to start the next season. But yeah, it did feel too short. I kind of wish they had maybe like one more episode, maybe longer episodes, especially at the end. Uh, Lamentus is the only one that felt its length, but that's just because it was a slow episode by the sheer nature of what they were trying to accomplish with it. It was just a lot of talking. That's what the episode was. Uh, meanwhile, Glorious Purpose, the first episode, was a lot of talking, but it was brand new. We'd never seen the show yet, so I was, like, all wide-eyed the whole time. Uh, meanwhile, it still has some of my favorite moments of the show. <laughs> like, when yeah. he's like, oh, yeah. what if I am a robot and I don't know it? <laughs> well, you're gonna melt yes. then. <laughs> that was great. And then my, my, personally, my... Is this the greatest power in the universe? <laughs> my favorite joke of the whole thing is just, please could write the, please sign here to confirm this is everything you've ever said. This is absurd. <laughs> and then he puts another one on there, he's like... I'm not doing it. He puts another one on yeah, there. Yeah, I love that moment too. <laughs> the, it really is absurd. Like, it really, really is absurd. Now, that, I think the first episode was just yeah. 10 out of 10. It, it hooked me immediately, and then I just rode the rest of the wave all the way to the end, which, speaking of which, do you have anything more you want to say, or do you want to actually uh, tap into this Infinity Star uh, episode? So, you know, it's kind of going episode by episode. So, yep, the first two episodes for me were 10 out of 10. And then you have episode three, the Lamentous episode, yeah. where I was like... Seven. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful, but slow. Yes, beautiful to look at. Uh, the score was amazing. But I just, I expected double the amount of dialogue. It was just light. Mm -hmm. It was a light episode. I, I might even go down to a five or a six on that one. Just just because I, I, they had all this time, and what did they do with it? It um, is the shortest episode, honestly. Is it? Okay. Like, on runtime? Yeah. It's 43 minutes, uh, while the first two episodes are like 52, 55. Gotcha. Then you have the one you were about to hit, which is the Nexus event, where they meet the quote-unquote timekeepers in their chamber. That's 49 minutes. That's the next shortest. Actually, no, it's not. The finale is the next shortest at 47 minutes. Interesting. 
We'll get into that in a second here, but yeah. Um, So those three episodes are the shortest, which I find interesting, but the next is the next one. So, you know, three left a little bit of a sour taste. Four was weird. I left that episode literally like, I looked at Jacqueline and I was like, I don't know if this show is going to disappoint me or not, because I'm... I, I, I was expecting something different. Like, I was expecting more of, like, Loki and uh, Mobius doing time travel cop kind of stuff. And we, we didn't even get what felt like a full episode with that before Loki jumps ship. Yeah. And uh, goes through the, the portal or whatever he goes through. So I was expecting more of that. And then I just, I was like, I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. And then episode five was just balls insanity and episode six yeah. was episode five yeah. re, re yeah. sold one two five and episode six five were great fantastic. three and four left me a little unsettled Rewatching it i might feel very different but just on the first watch three and four made me a little nervous that i was going to be disappointed by the yeah. show no I, I get that uh four definitely did make me concerned because it did feel like we made progress per se i think it's because the nexus event episode for the most part stays in the tva and it doesn't feel like we actually go anywhere else and so it feels like we don't accomplish anything um kind of but anyway yeah journey into mystery which or journey into mystery which was the loki episode with all the lokis and the crazy and the madness is the alligator a loki or not we don't know uh we may never know the internet will have to be satisfied with uh disappointment crocky <laughs> and uh so then that brings us to four all time period always period uh so this is the finale where we start where loki and sylvie walk through the portal that they made uh inside of the smoky beast that was guarding the end Eliath. of existence Eliath was the guard dog and they got past it so they are now on a floating circular meteoroid structure uh, amongst this circle that is implied to be the sacred timeline, this like celestial white glowing circle, uh, the it's straight off the bat. So for those who don't know, I am a writer and I'm writing a whole secondary world. It's been a multi, it's almost been a decade now, actually, of me working on this. Ah, gross. Uh, but <laughs> the the only reason I mention that is just because there is a set design in this that just struck my brain immediately because I have a city. It's very important in my work that is made of white marble with thick, noticeable strands of silver or running throughout. And, like, its walls are made of this. Ah, um, I see where you're going with this. And so the set design in here is the castle that they're about to enter, this, like, Fortress of Solitude, so to speak, is big, black, like, shiny marble. I'll think, like, Tower of Orthanc from Lord of the Rings type of black with this very vivid and well-placed thick lines of gold ore that I was just immediately, I was like, love it. I love this. <laughs> this is such a cool design. I never got tired of looking at this building, even though it's black. And I don't <laughs> even know what that says about me. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I, I noticed it too. It looked really, really pretty. Like um, I'm blanking on which ancient uh, culture it is now, but they would use uh, gold and pottery to fill in cracks and broken pottery. So you would get this normal looking pottery filled in with this gorgeous gold and that's kind of what this building reminded me of this you get the feeling that you're in this super super old space but that there was something very mysterious and very powerful um because it's it's you know this 
house castle thing floating in the clouds in the space and it just looks yeah. amazing it's the citadel at the end of time or something like that i can't remember exactly what it's called that sounds right. and the only person in it that they find initially in like the in the opening uh area where there is a crushed statue among the three timekeeper excuse me timekeeper statues which everyone speculated on what that means. Why is that statue broken? Why isn't it fixed? Blah, blah, blah. I have no idea. So I, unless you have a theory, Logan, I figure we'll move on from that. I don't have theories. I can just repeat theories that I've heard. <laughs> but apparently in the comics, there was a fourth timekeeper that Kang banished at one point. Mm. And so. so the theory is that that could be lore they explore, you know, in the next 10 years worth of MCU. Maybe, maybe that's the person they turn to to help against Kang sure. in the future. Um which is, I mean, there you go. We just said Kang's voice name, but we'll we'll get to that in a second here. First, we got to talk about Miss Minutes. So I was a little disappointed with at least how the season finished Miss Minutes because Tara Strong, at least in her interview, said there's so much more to explore. Everyone doesn't actually understand what Miss Minutes is, and there's a lot more to her than appears on the surface. And I'm like, sure, that that may be true. Maybe she knows more about future plans for the seasons to come. I have no idea. Uh, maybe that's what she's referring to, but in, in terms of this season alone, Miss Minutes still just seems like a very advanced AI, and that's what I thought she was. Like, she still only does stuff that's within the realm of just an exceptionally advanced AI. And this is a universe where vision has existed. Miss Minutes doesn't weird me out that much. Um, and so I was a little disappointed in that. <laughs> that it's there's like not really a payoff. She even like she gives Renslayer some mystery files. At the behest of the He Who Remains. And then we never see her again. The episode continues on to He Who Remains, who is a variant of, I fucking called it, Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> I only say I called it because that was the only villain that they could have done after Thanos. A lot of people sure, were calling sure, sure. out for Galactus. People were like, oh, Galactus would be so cool because we get the Fantastic Four. I'm like, Galactus isn't a villain, though. Galactus just eats planets because it's his food. That's literally what he does. He just goes to find planets to sustain himself. And does he kill a lot of people? Yes. But he's not Thanos. He doesn't have a goal to kill people. His goal is just to survive. And so he's not really a good villain to structure a whole phase around. So I was like, so who's the next big bag after Thanos? And I was like, well, you know who's bigger than someone who wants to rule the galaxy? Someone who wants to rule all the galaxies. <laughs> So, yeah, Kang the Conqueror, what did you think of, uh, if, if you wanted to talk about Miss Minutes, you can, but why did you think of uh, He Who Remains well, in this episode? I, I like Miss Minutes, I wanted more, I'm a big Tara Strong fan, so Same. I heard her voice, and I was like, wait a minute, and I got on IMDb immediately in the first episode, and I was like, yes, Tara Strong! Um, she's my favorite voice actress, well, yeah, favorite voice actress, because there's some guys that I like, but those are actors, so anyway, um... I like, like the character design. She would make an amazing tattoo. Like, I can see her on, like, somebody's ankle. Like, she looks amazing. She would definitely be, like, when we get season two, she would be, like, a top three, like, I need more information on Miss Minutes. Like, that kind of thing. How did she get, like, I guess we know how she got created, but, like, what purpose does she serve? Is she just, like, like a Jarvis Butler kind of AI? Or does she, could she do more? Like, you know, anyway. Yeah. Miss Minutes. Is she a sentient being? Miss Minutes. Yeah. Cool design. Uh, wanted more. Um... So, uh, this is kind of, so leaning back into what I was saying a little bit earlier, I, I don't object shit about Kang. Like, I, everything I know about Kang is information I've downloaded in the past 
four or five weeks um, or six or seven weeks because uh, I, I just I don't know anything. I knew a little bit about Galactus and um, I, I, you know, I was thinking like, oh, you know, Dr. Do- you know, Doom could have been an interesting villain. They could have leaned into there's some other, you know, galactic villains that I'm a little bit aware of. But Kang was one of those that I if you'd gone back three months ago and asked me if I knew who that was, I would have said no. Um, so <laughs> I'm definitely one of the newcomers. Um, but my uh, TikTok algorithm has figured out that I am trying to learn about Kang. So I feel like every sixth video now is a Kang theory. So I've got like all this new information downloaded to my brain about Kang. And I, I get it. Like this character makes so much sense. And there's so many different yeah. versions of Kang um that like this show can play with and different lores and stories and backgrounds and uh just the the idea that you have somebody who uh is from like the year 3000 and has been around for thousands of years and rules all of the timelines and you know has all of this magical or maybe not magical but you know the line between science and magic in the mcu is uh, confusing but all that to say, he just made he made sense. Um, my one of my sleeper kind of theories uh, over the past couple of weeks had grown that it was um, oh uh, Mordu from Doctor Strange because I was thinking like Mordu would know how to use uh. runes and runes seem to be all over the TVA. That's got to be why there's there's no magic in the TVA is because of runes. Um, so I heard that, that theory. Yeah, uh, I was I was like that that could could work, but I was like, but this feels big. Yes. Yes, because the TVA was so powerful. I was like, "How did did Morbu? Did he make it right after Doctor Strange? That was fast. And exactly, that was very effective. Where were you holding this in your back pocket, buddy?" Uh, so I was like, "This has to have been something that's been established outside of our knowledge for a while." Sure. And then yeah, it's Kang because and so yeah, even though he's from the year three thousand, he's in the two thousands. How does that work? Well, because he's outside of time. Blah blah blah. Uh, so yeah, I'm from the future, but I'm also super old. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm millennia does, old. My brain bends, but that's always what's been with Kang, the Conqueror. The first time I really knew about him, I read some comic books when I was a kid, and Kang the Conqueror was around, but I didn't read any arcs or anything. Growing up watching a lot of cartoons, though, a lot of the Marvel cartoons had uh, Kang the Conqueror as like whole arcs. And yeah, he controls time, and there's a whole arc at one point where he hates Captain America because Captain America uh, not dying when he was quote-unquote supposed to and coming back during the modern era fucks with Kang in the future and ends up, like, killing Kang's, like, uh, wife, I think, something like that. So he comes back to, like, fix the error in time, which is Captain America, and, like, that was a weird arc. Interesting. (laughs) But I don't, they're obviously not going to do that here. Uh, I am curious what they're going to make. Kang, uh, Kang kind of feels like Rick Sanchez a little bit in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he knows about his other multiverse beings. He can travel between universes. He's outside of time. He's a god of technology. Uh, and as far as this performance of He Who Remains, the variant of uh, Kang that we are now familiar with, has a very eccentric personality that you could argue any Rick might have, <laughs> uh, depending on who which Rick it is. Um, but yeah, like I, I like this performance at first. I was a little put off by it because it was not what Kang is like, but then when he explained, like, I'm, if you think I'm evil, you should see some of the other variants. I love that line. I was like, 
there you go. I was like, that's where I'm going to get the king that I know. I was like, ah, oh, shit. All right, I'm fine now. I'm good. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I love the uh, just the whole perspective of uh, you came to kill the devil. But if you kill me, then you're going to let all of my other variants into your timeline. And I love that because as an American, every four years, you basically have to choose between the lesser of two evils. <laughs> and I, I love that that was the essential morality choice that we had to deal with here with this Kang, um, with this, this. And the thing, like, the word Kang is never used in Marvel's marketing is just fucking brilliant like they let everyone do their marketing for them it's just amazing yep it's, amazing. it's a rumor machine at this point yes yeah it's fantastic i don't know they don't you have really... to teach us about kang we do it ourselves <laughs> yeah they it's amazing because it's it's really just a self-perpetuating machine because no one planned for marvel to be this kind of phenomenon the real trick is to keep it rolling. Yes. But once you've got it rolling, who really started it? Kevin Feige didn't tell people to make rumor channels on YouTube that obsess over every set detail, every decision made in the camera and the actor's eye and the lines they say, what that could mean to comic books. It's this weird OCD culture that just exploded and turned it into an event every Marvel Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like that murder mystery podcast obsession culture has shifted towards like the MCU because I've even seen some hilarious uh, TikToks that are kind of spoofing this culture that's that's populating right now. Where uh, uh, th there was one guy who pointed out, um, and I feel like I should have remembered his handle to give the creator content for the joke. But anyway, I I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, the, he <laughs> saw a po So he was watching a, a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse animated movie. And there's a poster on Miles's wall that uh, was like December 17th, uh, like some concert. And mm -hmm. he uh, went and he looked like looked at the movie release date for Spider-Man three. And it's December 17th, 2021. And he was like, what does this mean? And like the whole thing, he doesn't actually think there's a connection, but it's just kind of the joke about like how many people are looking for some some stupidly granular details to try to make some ridiculous out the ass prediction for the future of the MCU. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it's a real, real thing. Like uh, people spend so much time analyzing and predicting and rewatching. Um, I, I will, uh, this is a good time for me to jump in with uh, one of the, so the theory that I've seen explode on TikTok today, and I love this theory um, have you heard the theory about what happens when you, or maybe, and I wouldn't call it theory, but observation at this point, um, when you start the last episode of WandaVision and you start the last episode of Loki at the same time, have you heard about this no. one? Okay. So, I have not. so, uh, this one guy on TikTok, uh, showed where if you start both episodes at the same time and they run the, the, the whole way through, um, there are several moments where this version of Kang, he who remains, makes some weird facial expressions when Wanda accesses her Scarlet Witch powers for the first time. And then when she defeats um, Agnes, that is the moment where Kang like pauses and he like kind of like looks around the room and he like holds up a finger and he's like, this is it. This is the moment where I don't know what happens next. And it is the exact moment timestamp wise that Scarlet Witch defeats Agnes. And so there's a lot of speculation that is he talking about the, like the moment that passes, is he directly referring to um, Scarlet Witch becoming into her own, like stepping into her own, and that is a Nexus event type thing that's happening. 
So that that was something I've seen, and it's it's gotten picked up. I've seen like ten people stitch that video, and like I love this. This is amazing. That like it could mean this. It could mean that, and just kind of like taking that baton and running wild with that kind of speculation. Huh. That's amazing, right? I, if that if that is intentional, which what are even the chances that if it isn't intentional? But if that's intentional, someone is going big brain time. Yes, <laughs> over at Marvel. And I don't know who it is or what the brain trust of people are, but someone write their names down so we can put them in some sort now of it, history book, it, please. It could mean two things. It could, it could The first thing, it could be a very intentional thing that Kang is literally sensing um, Wanda becoming Scarlet Witch and is reacting to that. Yeah. It could also be that Marvel is such a machine at this point that they have their processes down to a T so that the the uh, inciting incidences in multiple shows or movies happen because they figured out that, okay, <laughs> so at the 35 minute mark of this 50 minute episode, we need the big thing to have, you know, it, it, it could yeah. be that, but it's also like, God, we're looking so hard right now. Is that something that means something I need to know? Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of one of the things. But it, it's it's like it's so coincidental that it can't be coincidental. But in three years, will that still be something we think about? I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Loki uh, episode six has completely opened up the door for anything to happen at this point. Because you have this morality choice of do we... Do we kill uh, He Here Remains and open up the multiverse, or do we basically, like, take his spot? I don't know what he's going to go do, but the two Lokis would then rule the TVA in the Sacred Timeline. Um, I love the fight. I love the kiss. I love how it ends. Uh, yeah. You know, I love that Loki, uh, I, love, I love his line where he says, you can't trust and I can't be trusted. And I was like, oh my god, that yeah. is a sentence that sums up a show so perfect. So perfect. Yeah. And, you know, Sylvie kills him and starts the multiverse. And there you go. That's what we were waiting for. That was an event like that was what I needed in this show. Um, not not Wanda b- defeating Agnes and then putting her back into robot sleep mode. Um. <laughs> Something that people have pointed out is, uh, was that not always uh, he who remains plan anyway? True. Yeah, yeah. He knew Sylvie was just going to kill him. Yeah. He's like, I, he's, he presented the other option to Loki, but he always knew. He's like, no, Sylvie's going to kill me. I, I just, he, he's already planned for it. Um, and I think... He seemed excited. Yeah. And he, he said something someone pointed out, the new rock stars actually pointed out, that when they chop off the head of one of the robot timekeepers, you hear in the background, see you soon. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when she stabs him and wink, he winks at her, he says, see you soon. Interesting. So like... I'm pretty sure that this version, he remains knows that this is going to kick off and that this is, this is part of a plan, but whether or not it's part of the plan is what the question's going to be. Because a lot of this, I feel like a lot of content to come is going to be about not predestination, but basically the concept of destiny. Are you tied to what you always have to do? Is your uh, future unchanging and pre-planned? kind of situation because that's what the show has been dealing with directly on its own but then with kane the conqueror constantly spawning in all these timelines it feels inevitable that every event that happens is an inevitability and not part of chance because there's always a kane so there would always be everything else uh so this is gonna i'm wondering if this is gonna be a real bonkers marvel phase uh we've got kane the conqueror making his official debut in fucking ant-man 3 right. 
Uh, I don't like the name of the movie. It just doesn't rub me the right way, which is a weird oh, sentence. Oh, Ant-Man and the Ma- Quantumania? Ant-Man no, and the Ant-Man Wasp and, and the, the Wasp Quantumania? Quantumania. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I don't uh, like it. I don't like the call word it Quantumania. Quantumania. Yeah, well, I don't really like that word because, I don't know, am I supposed to take Kang the Conqueror as seriously as I take Thanos? Because I don't see Thanos in a movie called Quantumania. Quantumania sounds like a fucking ride at a theme it, park. Or a drug in uh, 22 Jump Street, like Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, yeah. Quantumania, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yo, you want some Quantumania? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania is what it says on IMDb. Right Not to now. say I won't like the movie. I enjoyed the Ant-Man movies. I think people rip into them a little unfairly. They're, they're, they're weak films in terms of, like, plot and connecting to the wider universe, but... I have always had a good time with them, so I expect I'll have a good time. I just don't know how I feel about Kang making his, this version of Kang, making his debut in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. <laughs> I, I, 45 second sidebar for Ant-Man movies. Um, the first one is, is, it's cute. It's darling. I, I still feel a little bit of bitterness because I really love that you're right, but it's a really solid movie. Um, Ant-Man 2, I used to have that towards the very, very bottom of my pile. I re- actually rewatched that about three or four weeks ago. It's so much more fun than it deserves to be. <laughs> um, for a story that doesn't really have a whole lot of plot that matters to the rest of the MCU, Ant-Man 2, dude, it's uh, <laughs> it's just so much fun. Like, I just, I had a really good time with it. And there's, yeah. there's just something about that cast. That cast was put together so well. And... I don't care about Ghost. I don't care about the Lawrence Fishburne character. But if I can ignore, and I really don't care about the um, uh, Walton Goggin character. Really, really don't. He's really the weak part of the movie for me. They needed to pick Ghost or the Walton Goggin guy. Um, yeah. But you know the villains are pretty weak in that movie. But I, I there's just something about Ant Man and the Wasp and Hank Pym and his daughter and the fact that he's literally in quarantine he's in house arrest so yeah going back now and watching that with quarantine perspective and the ways he's entertaining himself and all the ant jokes and how there's an ant wearing the <laughs> wrist uh, wristband thing and playing the drum like i just <laughs> the movie's better than it deserves to be um anyway uh back to loki episode six so obviously this is how we're going to get what if so are we thinking what if we'll be canon now are we going to be peeking uh, into I other mean, universes or multiverse timelines i think so i think marvel plans on using animation as the quick way to answer bite-sized questions in the multiverse and that may be the what if series it may be different series over time that they just name different things who knows uh and i think that's the smartest idea if that's not what their idea is then i think what if it's just a, a one-off uh and yeah, I, I imagine they'll say, yeah, it's canon, just they're all different universes. And so that will never actually have any bearing on like story choices they make later sure, down the sure. line, because those all exist somewhere else. Um, and who knows? I don't know how this phase is going to end, so it may be that all the, the timelines get compressed back into one, but it's one that everyone can enjoy somehow. Or if we just somehow decide to get along with the infinity of other timelines. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, this is what Loki has done to us now. Our brains are melting under the weight of understanding what infinite alternate universes mean for a finite superhero narrative series of films. (laughs) (laughs) It's mind-blowing. Brain explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my mind goes to the fact that we have a Spider-Man movie that is less than five months away and we don't have a trailer yet and all the speculation 
didn't you like tw- did you like facebook or tweet out early like or was it a comment i saw you say something on facebook or something going where's the spider-man trailer <laughs> maybe i don't remember if i did or not. i probably commented on I'm something i'm pretty sure i saw but, it uh yeah because <laughs> it's yeah like spider-man's my dude he's always been my marvel guy um i love wolverine too because you know logan and logan but uh i i love my spidey and i'm sitting here like I, 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 okay, so we get all these Marvels. We get four Marvel TV shows this year. We get Black Widow, and then we get Shang-Chi, and then we get the Eternals, and then we get uh, Spider-Man. And it's like, okay, we've got so much shit coming down the pipe this year. But in a non-COVID situation, you'd have a Spider-Man trailer 10 to 14 months before the movie comes out. And we're five months out now. So we're like right on pace for trailer two or three. Yeah. And we don't even have the first one. So I think my wheels are turning with that. It, well, the, the problem is that makes everyone think like, oh, they've got something to hide. So it's going to be huge. Uh, I don't think I know a ton of people on Twitter and a ton of people in real life who really, really want at least Tobey Maguire to be in it. And here's the thing, I don't think that's why they would hold back the trailer, because they would just not include him in the shots that they put in the trailer. But I think that they haven't released a trailer for Spider-Man yet, probably because they wanted these shows to have breathing room. Yes. I think they were really worried that the Marvel movies would overshadow this, because I'm not going to lie, Black Widow's marketing was also sparse as well. It was. I saw some TV spots, I saw some YouTube ads... Obviously, the trailers were released, but other than that, it's nothing compared to when like other Marvel movies would come I, out. I feel like I saw more Loki ads than Black Widow. Yeah, on so my YouTube's and Facebooks and whatnot. I think it's more about the fact that Loki has wrapped up, and that that fervor will start to die down, and Marvel will look at their chart and they'll go, "The internet is talking about Marvel a little bit less. What should we do? Give it a shot in the arm, put a Spider-Man trailer out, then." Boom! Google search engine is going wild again with Marvel content, and they are relevant to the internet forever and ever and ever, and they'll never stop making money. So that, I think that's probably what it's more about. It is. I feel like we got the Eternals trailer before we got the Shang-Chi trailer. You know, like, I just, that may not be true, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm curious how their marketing decisions are being made right now. Because, like, they could they could not release a trailer and they'd still well, make plus they also 100 know. million opening a weekend. Oh, well, yeah. It's a Spider-Man <laughs> movie. They, they, people are going to go see the Spider-Man movie. With the, the, the Eternals and the Shang-Chi, I'm not going to lie, I keep forgetting that those movies are even real. Uh, <laughs> because yeah, I don't know anything about them, so they're not high on my radar either. And I think Marvel knows that. I think Marvel's like, we need to release these trailers at least at a reasonable right. time so people know at all that they exist. Uh, otherwise, they're going to crash and burn. Because who? no one's asking for them. But everyone's asking for a new Spider-Man movie. Right. Everyone wants a new Spider-Man movie. Everyone wants a new Spider-Man the Multiverse movie. Like, everyone wants Spider-E content. We want the new game, even. Give us the new game. So, oh yeah, Spider-Man 2. I'll, no I'll take there. that over anything MCU at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll stand by that. That was a big statement, but I'll stand by it. Um, no, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, no, I yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't need Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man 3. I, I don't. I almost feel like that could overshadow. But at the same time, we already know some of their villains are going to be in the movie. So I, I, I feel like they are withholding because I feel like it will be multiverse related and they haven't shown the trailer yet because they needed us to see Loki first. So I feel like the door for the trailer is now open and it could happen at any point. But 
I completely agree with you. They gotta promote Eternal. They gotta sell me on Eternals and Shang Chi way more than they need to sell me on Spider Man Three. Um, because yep. Tom Holland Spider Man is like moving forward. Spider Man and Doctor Strange are the two characters that they could probably keep around for fifteen years, and everyone would be just thrilled to 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 have that happen. Whereas everyone else, if they're around for five years and then they're gone, okay, fine. But those two characters really feel like the future to me, the the sustainable long-term future for the MCU, I hope. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's any other big, you know, ramifications. I mean, obviously everything will be different, you know, moving forward. I feel like they could squeeze 10 years of problems out of what Sylvie did in this oh, episode. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, like, every phase is, like, four to five years long. Yeah. And they didn't deal with Thanos until phase three. Mm-hmm. So who knows how long Kang will be an issue. Could be that we don't see the quote-unquote final Kang if we don't deal with multiple Kangs, but if we see the final Kang, not two phases down the line. It could be 2029 or 2030 before we're getting to the the big last two Kang things, you know? That's wild to think about. We're going to be old. Yes. (laughs) Older. We're going to be old uh, whenever we get to that section of of life. But yeah, no, Loki is a top-notch show. I think it's a... Uh, 10 out of 10 experience and i would say with its weaker episodes in mind i would put it at a 9 out of 10 show it's short it's quick it's got intrigue it's got action it's got great acting it's got great emotion has some weak points so it's not perfect um but that's why you know like wandavision is an eight falcon Winter soldier is a well wandavision's at a seven let's be honest and i'm going to say uh falcon Winter soldier is also at a seven uh, so they both have their different weak points and their different high points, but none of them reach the heights that Loki did. Uh, and that's basically my final word on that, at least. So, Logan, what, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm having some existential crises with the way that I'm scoring things lately. Um, I mean, Black Widow is a perfect example of something that I had a lot of fun with, but I can't give it a higher score than Winter Soldier. But, like, I don't want to give it the same score I'm giving, like, Thor 2 or Iron Man 2. So, yeah. it's it's when everything is so close in a cluster of, of score points, it's getting really, really hard for me to separate and differentiate. But I would probably give Loki, like, an 8.5, 2 and 9. You know, if we're going to get granular, I would give Loki 8.75. I would give WandaVision an 8. And I would give um, Falcon, like, 5.75, 6.25. Like, mm-hmm. so, I, and I'm... You know, I'm being granular here, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Because Falcon and the Winter Soldier had potential and really fell short for me. You didn't even see Falcon and the Winter Soldier fighting side by side in that last episode. (laughs) And the villain was predictable and boring. So I... That's a show that I don't care to rewatch. Whereas WandaVision and Loki, I feel like, will be rewatchable content for the next 10 years you know i'm gonna have to watch that once a year to stay fresh before the next multiverse related movie comes out you know i'm definitely going to be re-watching loki before um what if and before uh spider-man uh and before uh you know dr strange comes out like those are things i feel like i'm gonna have mm-hmm. to prep myself for before the next thing comes out the yeah, next multiverse thing. i agree that i think this is all very exciting it's Marvel is finally selling me on their next phase. Whenever Thanos was done, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be interested in the next lineup of things. And then Marvel was like, <clears throat> here are multiple of my beers. Could you hold them, please? Uh, and I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, okay. I I know you're winding. I know we're winding down. I got to ask, though. This is obviously how they're going to bring the X-Men in. 
and Fantastic Four, I mean, right? Are we going to, do you think they're going to say that they've been in this alternate universe and now they're going to come hang out in ours? Or do you think they're going to say they've actually been around this whole time, we're just now pointing the camera? Or maybe it's that since in some universes the TBA is gone, I would assume. Like, it, if the TBA exists in some universes, it just goes by logic and by Mobius's rebellion in their timeline. The TBA is defeated in other versions. I think in other versions, the X-Men can exist when the TBA aren't there to squash them. Mm. I think the reason mutants haven't existed so far is because mutants are also considered variants. Interesting. That's what my theory is. And I think that mutants will then be able to exist because they're no longer considered taboo by a timeline government. <laughs> Interesting. Because uh, I've, I've always wondered, because you've got, you know, Professor X and uh, Magneto, they're World War Two era characters. Yeah. Um, so... How do you fit the retrofit those into an active MCU? That also okay. I gotta ask another deep question here that you can answer in thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> do you think this multiverse thing does does this mean canon doesn't matter anymore? Because oh, it happened in another timeline, so it's still MCU canon. Like, does canon now count as sacred timeline? Uh, I mean, no. I think it kind of like, gets into <laughs> the dangerous territory of what Disney did with Star Wars, where they're like, oh, all those books exactly. and stuff; those are legends. They didn't actually happen. I think here, yeah, technically everything is canon, but Disney, or at least Marvel, will always be clear to say, yeah, all this other stuff is canon, but what the story we want to tell is all of this. And it's like, so what's canon, what's important is the canon to the story we're telling. While everything else is technically still canon, it's not important to the story. So just we're prioritizing this canon instead. And I think that's a healthier way to look at it Interesting. because okay. I, that's why I was pissed off at Disney for just moving everything into a false timeline for Star Wars because everything can exist at, at once and you could just prioritize what it is you want to say. And I think Marvel is is feeling that out. I hope that's the direction they go anyway. Right. And I'm just like I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning Disney Plus in five years and all the – x-men movies at this point like is are they going to be held under marvel movies or are they going to be held under multiverse movies like i'm just i'm curious how they'll code their their own stuff moving forward because saying canon is that sacred timeline is that multiverse you know what i mean like it's just it's very very like you know what yeah. if you know like is what if canon because uh, are we talking about the MCU canon? Are we talking about the Sacred Timeline? Those are all conversations that I feel like nerds will be having for many years to come. <laughs> it's, it's likely, unless Marvel gives like more clear answers that we just don't know about yet. Who knows? They may just go, no, that's not what we're doing. That's what so, Kevin oh, Feige okay. is known for. Clear, direct answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's uh, true. I, I can. Um, but all, right. all right, back to you. Close this out. <laughs> did you up. all enjoy Loki? I hope y'all did, because it was a good show. I know everyone's going to have different opinions on which of these three Marvel shows was best. Everyone's going to have different opinions on whether or not Daredevil and Punisher already had it figured out, and now the Marvel formula is a little, little wonky for you. Let us know in the comments if that's true for you, and why, because we're curious. Obviously, we have this perspective. We want to know your perspective, but thanks for sticking around for this quick and dirty hour for the loki hour i think is what i'll call this episode uh because uh this has been fun speculating on this show because it has a lot of ramifications for upcoming properties and we hope that you had a good time and we'll see you next week for a, a more regular episode and some announcements some things that we need to discuss with the audience um, as things progress in life uh on earth but otherwise we hope you have a great coming week Logan, let's uh, say our goodbye. Peace out, bitches. Peace.